Welcome to the off-season episode of Soccer Over Gotham. On this episode, we're going to go over some of the highlights of the season, and then we're going to talk about our wish list for the following season. Before we do, let's introduce the party. It's me, Gary, your host. Ruby is on the call, and everything is better with friends, so we brought back best friend of the show, Jenna Tonelli of Nest Republic, Jersey Sporting. Ooh. So welcome to the show, everybody. Officially our best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I consider myself, so I'm glad it's mutual. <laughs> and Jenna, you had an interesting week. Got a shout out from Scott Parkinson about your wedding, which congrats on your wedding, but that's got to be pretty cool. Yes, thank you so much. It was my COVID postponed wedding reception. But when he shouted me out, I my face turned so red, like I've never <laughs> felt so red in my whole life. And honestly, it was so kind of Coach Parkinson because the team had just lost, we're in this press conference, and he still like thought to shout me out like that. So I was just very, very honored by that. And I don't know, maybe my face is still red, even though it was a couple days ago. <laughs> Yeah, that that was actually so cool. And yeah, congrats on your postponed COVID wedding. And that picture you posted, amazing. Oh, amazing. Thank you. I have to flex a little bit. So right. <laughs> All right. So before we get really into the show, there's two news things that we're going to talk about real quickly. It's not official official, but it will be at the end of the season. The Portland Thorns have found their new head coach for the 2022 season. It is former Canadian international Ryan Wilkinson, but she made one appearance for the Thorns in 2015. She started in the NWSL in 2013, and she was a coach for the England national team. So that's a big deal, and I can't wait for another former player to be, get the reins of power in this league. Any thoughts? I, I saw that on Twitter earlier today, so I think that's cool. And then I feel like the Canadians are taking over the Thorns now. <laughs> it is true. So funny. That's so true. Yeah, I did see that news as well. And it's really, really cool. And actually, um, I was going to plug this later, but I have an interview I did with uh, Gotham second assistant coach Becky Tweed coming out. And she and I talked a little bit about, you know, the player to coaching pipeline. So it's really cool to kind of see that in action. And yeah, I look forward to putting out that article of my interview with Becky. Yeah, friend of the show, Becky. She's awesome. Yeah, we did an interview with her early in the year, and it was a fan, it was just a fantastic interview. She's a good person. I can't wait yeah. to see your article. Thank you. Yeah, she was really cool. We could have chatted for a long time, I think. So we had to eventually cut it off, but it'll be good. <laughs> and something that we've all been screaming about all season long, Midge Purse is back in the national team. Yes, finally. Oh, my God. Like, I, I was waiting for that roster to come out, and... I'm so happy to see Midge there, but what the hell? Where's Didasco? I know. And did you see Nicole Baxter's tweet about it? <laughs> yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's so true. You know, before the drop, I knew the drop was coming and I was like, okay, don't get your hopes up for, for Midge to be on there. So I was trying to just be very neutral about it. And then when, but then when I saw it, I was like, yes. And then of course I'm scrolling through the list and I'm like, hmm, I would have mm-hmm. liked to see someone else on this list. <laughs> Not fair. After she's been like player of the month several times in the NWSL. Not fair. That's right. She was on the, the NWSL team of the month every month except for once, which is kind of crazy. The national team does not have any dedicated wingbacks. You can say O'Hara's one, fine, but yes. they continue that experimentation of bringing a winger 
for a forward and putting him as a right or left back. So they added Sofia Huerta, who had a good season. But why did it not have two-way players like Didasco on the national team? Blows my mind. Yeah, it's a good point. Huerta had a fantastic season, it's true. But maybe we'll see a change in formation on the national team. So definitely interested to watch these friendlies. But I'm not getting up at 4 a.m. anymore. (laughs) Done done with that. (laughs) All right, let's get over to some of our season highlights. You know, I asked on Facebook and I asked on Twitter. So I'm going to go through a couple of the highlights with our fans' thought. And we'll just discuss them and see if they match with some of our, our highlights for the season. So first up is friend of the show, Robbie Rogers of Jersey Sporting News. (laughs) He put on Twitter, Gina getting to wear the captain's armband for back-to-back home games, which, yeah, that was a fantastic for her. Yeah, that's awesome for her. And in fact, I think Gotham must hold the record now for most players to have worn the captain's armband in a single season and a single game. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, this, this whole team is full of veterans, so any one of them could have been a captain. I mean, obviously, we love Carl Zeroni, but this yeah. team is full of, full of leaders. For sure. Yeah, and another by Moore S'mores over at Twitter said his standout was Paige Monahan's 925 goal after returning from injury. What a way to come back. And also, he said the post-game chats with players and signing autographs were forever thankful and appreciative of their time. That was an amazing game, both Midge and Paige coming back the same That's day. That's right. That was so awesome. Watching Paige score that goal felt so great. And and I wrote about that actually my one of my latest articles for Nets Republic. I spoke with Paige and, and we talked about that. And her whole journey through injury, she was out for 12 weeks. So just to see her be able to score that goal was just an amazing ending to that whole journey for her. I'm really happy for her. Yeah, and it makes it all worth it, you know, after going through like going through that injury and coming back makes it all worth like having the patience to come back and and making that goal. And by the way, that article, it's another amazing piece that you've written. And any everyone that's listening to this should go in and read it. Thank you, Ruby. <laughs> this is my best friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and we are all of us are super appreciative of the players. And that's one thing I learned about the NWSL is their players are so gracious with their time. Yes. They will stay long after the games, meet every fan, sign the sign autographs. They're just so awesome. And we're so appreciative of it. Also, there was one from Mike and his VN's game winner in the Challenge Cup. That one that was in, I think, the 93rd minute? No, 91st minute. Uh, where basically, if you think about the lineup that we had for that Challenge Cup, there was Jennifer Cujo was on, Lee was on, Anamato just came on. And Vienz was already on the field, and Vienz scored a winner at the 91st minute. It was amazing. Yeah, that was great. I, I want to see more of Vienz in those moments as well in the next season. No yeah, doubt. me too. Me too. Then there was one that definitely sure hit all of us. I think I think you went home early for this, though, Ruby. was the Pride Nights rain delay game, <laughs> oh which was madness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think I, I was I was at Red Bull until 9.30ish, I believe. And then my wife had something really important to turn in like at midnight, so we couldn't stay. Uh, we waited as long as we could, but we had to go home. So I watched it from home. <laughs> Did, were you there the whole time, Jenna? Oh, yes. I mean, we drive in from Queens. So those who don't know the area that well, it's only a few miles, but with New York City traffic, it could take well over an hour. So we got there in the pouring rain and we were like, we're staying. (laughs) So we did. I walked about 8,000 steps. 
because I was just bored. And I didn't know anybody at this time. Like, I didn't know you were there. And I talked to Cloud9 for a little bit. And I felt like I was bothering them. So I was like, all right, let me just go take a walk around. <laughs> and yeah. also, that's the night that I found out that Brisa's has a rabid fan base. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tweeted about passing the time by having a vegan empanada. And it was just like retweet after retweet after at at. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, like, they've got very loyal fans. And rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had empanadas that that night too. Just waiting on the game, uh, it was amazing. I love getting empanadas from from Red Bull from Brisa's. Part of the experience there, for right? Sure. <laughs> it really is. And another one that was, which again was one of my favorites, and it was probably the most liked one on there. But it was the Schross from Didasco. I think it was on Orlando in the 45th minute, where yep. I just love when defenders score and they just don't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> Yes, it's so true. I mean, uh, Caprice had been in the league for a few years already. And of course, like you said, like defenders don't usually score. But that look on her face, priceless. I loved it. We all loved it. And it was such an incredible goal that it's to remember forever, honestly. And one thing I think many fans wanted as well was a goal from Gina, which we didn't get this season, but hopefully we'll get it next season. Yes, Gina, if you're listening, one more year. We need we need yes. to get a goal from you. I need it. Another big one, which also got a lot of likes, was the fingertip save by Didi against Sinclair. Yeah, that was like in the 85th minute, superhuman save she made. And the whole time, like you just watch it, the, the replay, you just have to focus on Sinclair because she is yeah. so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been mad too, because honestly, that looked like it was going to be a goal for sure. And then Didi did this amazing save. She just dove and got the tip of it, redirected it out. So that was amazing. I would have been mad too. <laughs> that would have beat 95% of the keepers in this league. And she just, Dan, our goalkeeping coach, he didn't teach them this, but he keeps it, he drills them with this. They call it staying alive. They basically keep their feet moving. They're always on the balls of their feet and ready to launch at any time. And that split second reaction she had was absolutely stunning and just amazing. Yeah, it's incredible to see. All right, so we're going to jump over to Facebook, see what they said. Good old Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie found us on Facebook, too. <laughs> he basically You're said, popular. <laughs> yeah. July, Chicago win. The entire game day was epic with the tailgate of the game itself. That was the game we won 2-1 to one in Chicago, and it was a fantastic game. To beat Chicago on the road is a big deal, especially in the summertime. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to jump in and say mine. Yeah. That's ahead. okay. <laughs> So for me, one of one of those moments was the goal from Purse against Orlando in the 49th minute. That was like the perfect play. Uh, I think it was October 9th game. So it started with Dorsey. Then to Anumano, she kind of faked it and let the ball play. And it went to Carly. And then Carly to Kawasumi. Kawasumi to Anumano. And, and this incredible finish from Midge Purse. Yeah, uh, I know. Oh, the un- yeah, I remember the- that one. And WSL said it was the perfect like player, perfect goal, but perfect yeah. team goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was incredible. Back to back weeks, we had a goal like that. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, three nothing win against Tacoma in June, which was yeah. that was awesome. Putting it on Seattle in the middle of the summertime when we were not playing very well. That was incredible. Uh, I rem- I couldn't watch that game because I had family commitment and I just remember checking my phone and I was like, oh, okay, we scored. A few minutes later, oh, okay, we scored again. <laughs> and then, okay, I checked a little bit. Oh, okay, we scored. It's like third time. Okay. I was like, oh, I really picked a game to skip. 
right. So that's up with the fan ones. So now we're going to talk about some of our own. So do you have any that are not on that list? Yeah. You know, one of the things, it, it wasn't really a during play moment. The a moment that really sticks out to me was when we went down to Pennsylvania for Carly's retirement game. And it, it was just like such a crazy experience. I mean, this was my first season covering the team. And, you know, unfortunately, there were a lot of times where I was in Red Bull and it was like me and maybe one or two other people in the press box, if mm-hmm. that. But then going down to Subaru Park, I mean, I know it was obviously a big deal with Carly's retirement. Plus, the news had just broken, you know, about Paul Riley. So we get there and that press box is full. I had never seen anything like that. That's right. Ruby was there in there with me. (laughs) And it was just like a crazy personal experience. I got to meet so many people who, you know, cover, cover the league regularly. Some people, you know, who were just there for that specific game. One funny moment was when I was going to the bathroom, like literally running and Lori Lindsay came out of the broadcasting room and I missed her by like a centimeter. I was like, oh God, that would have been so embarrassing. But I guess I'm telling that on a podcast now. So sorry, Lindsay, <laughs> Lori Lindsay, if you're listening. <laughs> and it also, you know, there was that really powerful moment um, when the, the spirit and Gotham came together in the sixth minute and stood in solidarity. And it was, you know, we didn't expect it. And I'll just never forget that feeling. I'm so honored to have witnessed that firsthand. And you could just really feel it all over mm-hmm. that stadium. And it was just incredible. And, you know, I mean, it's so unfortunate that we had to get to that point, but I really felt like they were sending a message and the world heard them and we were there to feel that with them. Yeah, it was incredible being there in person. You could feel the energy throughout the stadium and where we were. I had my computer on me that day and I looked down for maybe two seconds and then I looked up and everybody stopped playing and I was like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? What's going on? I didn't know what was going on until like everyone came together in the middle and, you know, they embraced each other in the middle and like in the circle. And yeah, it was such a powerful moment and it was very emotional. But also in that moment, it symbolized the start of a new era with the end of USL and, you know, the voices of the players. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever teared up at a soccer game before that. (laughs) That was so powerful to watch. Once you realize what was happening, it was just, Mm -hmm. wow, so emotional. Carly's last home game, essentially. So it was so much going on that day. So much. She had she had like 20 last games. I know. She really did. And but you know what? Good on her because she acknowledged it and joked about it. So I did appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I, w- I would like to mention about this year is just doing the podcast itself. I'm amazed that people were willing to talk to us. <laughs> and right. I'm so thankful of all the guests that we had. And I still remember being in Walmart and getting the text from Brianna Pinto saying that she would do it. <laughs> I, I bet you everyone thought I was crazy because I was like jumping up and down and like, probably someone probably looking at me like, I think you just proposed to me. He's like, she's screaming. She said yes. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I mean, obviously this is audio, so you can't see me, but like yeah. you telling that story, I just had the biggest smile on my face because I know that feeling when I first started covering the team and I was getting, you know, people were giving me interviews and all that. I'm like, wait, me? Like, mm-hmm. right? Me? <laughs> so I totally get that. And I'm right there with you. And some of the interviews we did were amazing. You obviously, you've done amazing articles. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about, about that. But we got to talk to Shep Messing. <laughs> we yeah. got to talk yeah. to G- Gina. Gina. The goalkeeping coaches. Just tweet. A, a lot of people, yeah. 
the first few times we had to interview people, I was so nervous. And I'm because you don't know what to expect. This is the the first time we do this, and we do it because we love the game and we have so much passion for it, and we like to grow the game and give these players and all these people voices. So for us, honestly, I was so nervous, but then at the same time, it's so exciting, and it's such an honor. Absolutely. Such an honor for me too every time. And also such an honor when you want me on here. So I would say that too. <laughs> Any other big things that pop out? I would like to mention they San Diego officially announced their name and yeah. no big surprise here because everybody knew what they were going to name the team, but it was not official. Anyway, they officially are now the San Diego Wave FC. And they announced that it, their temporary stadium will be Torero Stadium, which holds about 6,000 seats. So that's going to be their temporary home. Its crest and permanent home will be announced late in next year. I believe in springtime, they're going to announce their official crest and permanent home. Now, with this expansion draft, well, we can only protect uh, nine players and one U.S. allocated player. How are we feeling about this, guys? Oh, not good (laughs) at all. And it's funny because I, when they had first released the rules of the draft of the nine allocated or the nine players, including one allocated player, I was like, okay, like I sat down, thought about it, wrote an article for Jersey Sporting News about it. And now when I go back and look at that, which I wrote in September, I don't even agree with myself anymore. So I don't know what Scott Parkinson's going to do, but I do not envy him right now. (laughs) Yeah, because we have so many great players, so it's kind of hard to protect only nine. It's true. I put out that article and I was pretty confident in that article. I did a lot of research (laughs) and now I got to go back and look at them and probably to change everything. Yeah. (laughs) I still stick by my, that it's, this is a, Expansion drafts are for young players, so I'm pretty sure a lot of our veterans are not going to get taken. I'm a little still hesitant on protecting some of the veterans, but we'll see. Yeah, I'll go that's, back to look at it. that's a great point. I mean, when I wrote my piece, it was during Mandy Freeman's and Paige Monahan's injuries, and they both had already been out for so long, so I had taken that into account. But now True. I would totally redo it, seeing them back and healthy. Um, I would totally redo it. So. Don't go read that article. I'm going to do a different <laughs> update. <laughs> I'm going to update that. Yeah. Yes. But now with, with Carly being gone, so now we can protect Mitch, which is our U.S. allocated player in the team. That's I right. guess we're kind of, I guess we're kind of glad that Daskal didn't go to the camp, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way that they do the allocated players uh-huh. is so weird. And I think, I think they update it either at the end of the year or the beginning of the year. So yeah, I mean, I think we'll just have Mitch. So so we got her. Mm-hmm. She's ours. She's staying. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, they do it once a year, the, yeah. the allocated players. So she, she's, she's good. We don't have to worry yeah. about that. Now my question is, there's been some players that haven't really played and proved themselves. And where I'm going with this is Pinto. Are we going to protect her or not? I know she signed a two-year contract with us, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. And I think when they get drafted, like the other team knows about their contract and has to, you know, deal with it and all that. So I'm sure all that stuff is taken into account, but it's so true. I, I'm intrigued to see what happens with her. I mean, she's so talented and I would have loved to see her play more. I think it's just she was out of the lineup with Freya for a while. And I don't think Parkinson wanted to bring her on and kind of mix things up. I think he was really going with what worked yeah. to the end of the season. So I'm assuming... 
bet she'll get a lot more minutes next season and they're going to build around her since she's super talented. Let's go move over to our wish list for next season. I did put up the Twitter poll on Twitter to see what the fans thought about next season. And here were some of the results. The query I put up was, what is the most important offseason move that this team needs to make? And the questions were, do we need a number 10 in the lineup? Do we need a superstar in the place of Lloyd? Do we need to go younger? Hashtag play your kids. Or was it something else? So what it came back was 60% said we need a number 10. Then I think it was 20 something percent said that we need a superstar to replace Lloyd. Then the third was getting younger. So let's start with the first one. Do you agree that getting a number 10, someone to feed Ify and Anamano is a top priority for this team? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. All of those things I feel like are equally important. But it, just looking at that first one in a vacuum, we have Brianna Pinto, we have Evelyn Viennes. I think they could pick that up. You know, I'm thinking about that Paige Monahan goal we just talked about back on September 25th. Viennes was able to feed her that ball so perfectly and for Paige to make that run and then score that mm-hmm. goal. So I feel, I think we have the the pieces for that. And I'm just interested to see who steps up to fill that role because I, I think we have the personnel. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of a mix of having a number 10 to feed Midge and Anumanu and also a little bit about play your kids. I think if we combine those two together, we'll probably like find something that will work for Gotham. We definitely need someone to feed Midge and Anumanu, but also we need to start playing our kids because we have a lot of talent. Twitter was right on this one. I think the 10 spot is the most important off-season move that we need to make. Again, is it on their roster? Is Vienz Pizapinto? I'm not sure because we did try Gatane. We did try Lee in that spot. We did try Lloyd in that spot. And nothing seemed to really jump out. So we'll see. But I, that's the question I definitely want the most answered in the off-season. The second one was, do we need a superstar? We are a big team in a big market. Do we need a superstar to replace Lloyd? I thought a lot about this like superstar to replace Carly thing. And yeah, I do think they need that, but I don't, but not in the way I think that it was presented. I think the team needs to capitalize on what we already have, which is Margaret Purse. She is a big star and I think she could get butts and seats. Obviously Carly was a big draw for lots of people. She's a historic player. So I really get that, but her should, should be a big draw too. I mean, now she's on her way to Australia with the national team. So hopefully that's the real start of her stardom for Gotham. And something that my wife Adriana always says is that Midge is the franchise. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think she's right. So I would love to see them really capitalize on having her and turning her into that star that attracts people. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You have Midge, so much talent there. And I think we do not need a superstar in the team. We already have rock stars in the team. And like you said, we have to capitalize on that. I'm mixed on it. Um, Same thing you thought, Jenna, and you, Ruby, as well. Who wouldn't want a a superstar on the team? Someone who could fit in that 10 spot as a big name player? Just give me Kat Macario. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If it's Kat Macario, I'll take it. But if I've been a Red Bulls fan, and obviously I've watched the NYCFC, Big name players don't always put butts in the seats. It's not, we had Henri, we had David Villa, we had all those players and they didn't really garner that attention. So I don't think it's exactly necessary for butts in the seats, but 
I would love to have one if it makes sense and it fits what the team wants to do. Yeah, MLS is interesting like that, that the the big name players don't always put butts in seats. But I, I worry with that NWSL that that might be the case. Like I think specifically about the quote unquote Orlando bump that whenever, you know, Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger and Marta are in town. I mean, you guys were at that Orlando game. Like yeah, it, it, it was does, crazy. It was crazy and it does fill the seats. And that, But that's what I'm hoping that Midge can provide in the future. I really, I think she can. And I, I want to see the team like capitalize on that more. It's frustrating. So we obviously had Carly Lloyd, who's a big name player, and she's a superstar. But we were giving away $10 tickets to Lloyd's last game. Yeah. So that was a little disappointing, to yeah, say the least. The- if it fits, it fits. And we have, a, again, we do have a superstar in Midge. And yeah. As we talked to Courtney Stith about it, I don't know why she's not the face of the NWSL and the national team. She's a superstar. Yeah. Definitely agree. And like you said, we we had the $10 tickets for Lloyd's last game. But then again, you have to remember that she had like 50 final games. So people were like, <laughs> when is the, really the final one? <laughs> That's so true. True. <laughs> true. All right. So moving on to hashtag player kids. Are you all down for a youth movement? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like we just said, Pinto barely got a rookie season. I mean, Paige Monaghan, she's honestly still sort of a kid. I mean, she just joined the league in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I see a lot of potential there. Bienz is a gold medalist. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. And, you know, I think we've got a few great veteran players out there, leaders like Ali Long, McCall Zerboni. So with, with, you know, people like that playing the kids, it's a to me it's a winning formula so I'd really like to see it put in action yeah I am so down with the movement and we must think about creating a future and I think Gotham has gotten most of it down so the rebrand that was amazing it helped a lot for the market new GM two by now (laughs) new new coach two as well But now we need new faces, young players mixed with with the experience, you know. You also have to build your own superstars. We talk about bringing in a superstar. You can also build your own and creating players that are local that you can grow and make it your own. So I'm definitely down with a Gotham youth movement. But so Gotham field an average lineup of 32 for the playoff matchup. You know, obviously Carly's 39, but Mm. our midfield average (laughs) was 34. It's not the age per se, but I really think the lack of rotation this season hurts. There's no reason for a player over 30 to be logging almost every minute for the entire season. It's, it shows that we don't have the quality of depth that we should have. So I'm hoping this, this offseason that we, as we'll talk about later, but getting more youth players in. Used to, I think we had two first round draft picks this offseason. So hopefully oh, use them we? wisely. Ooh. Yeah, I thought think, they were all traded away. <laughs> Right. I think this is the comeuppance of that. We're getting one from Chicago this season or something. something Oh, is that maybe what we got? I got to look at this, but from the Mel Sarah Waldmo trade. Mm. Correct. Ah, okay. So it's coming. It's coming home to Bruce. I see. Yeah. So I I think if we use them wisely, I think we're going to be okay. But I'm definitely down for adding more rotation, getting Cujo back on the field. Obviously, Paige is, I think she's 24, Fianza's 23 or something like Mm -hmm. that. So yeah, get more minutes to them, rotate more. Let's do it. Yeah. Now let's get to our wish lists. So I'll start start with the wish list. Uh, For me, I want stability back on the team. Uh, I want Yael to be announced as a full-time GM. And if not, I want a full-time GM signed right away. Yeah. 
just having the stability after all the craziness that went through this year with losing coaches, losing a GM, it's good to have the team solid and focused and having a point of contact all the way. Yeah. One thing that Carly mentioned in her last press conference and that I wish maybe it could happen. She said that she's going to take some time off, of course, after playing for so many years. But she said she will sit with Yael and talk about the future of the club. So now imagine if we have Carly coming back to help, you know, with some type of coaching mentoring some of these young players i know carly already emptied her tank but now, <laughs> the, <laughs> now maybe she can pass on some knowledge to these young players and i don't know that's, that's just an idea or just my wish i don't know <laughs> she's got to help me open my lehigh valley professional women's soccer team so she can't do that and do that <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> my wish list is more depth specifically in our back line like when a defender gets injured we really suffer imagine mm -hmm. if something had happened to didasco i don't know what we would have done and then when dorsey was out you know we had eddie came in and, and she definitely had some bright moments but she is not the same player as dorsey and it really did make a big difference and also what's interesting is that dorsey and eddie both of them have kind of like learned this outside back role like Dorsey was a former forward mm -hmm. Eddie was mm -hmm. a former midfielder so I would really like to see some more depth and get some good outside backs and also some younger center backs I mean Gina and Estelle are both in their 30s Mandy is the only one of the three who's not in her 30s so just getting some more depth in there is something I'm, I'm hoping for maybe that'll come with all the draft yeah that's the second top thing on my list is definitely getting depth especially when we talk about the defense when you have Skaroski playing she's the number two to left back, right back, and center back, yeah. you know, you got some issues. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be a player that is constantly asked to change and play a different role like that. And it mm -hmm. makes it really hard to focus and, and hone your, your craft. So, you know, when, when Skrowski called upon to come in, I think sometimes she gets a lot yeah. of heat, but really I think it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult yeah. uh, ask. So we, we really need to solidify that. Totally agree about Erica. Yeah, we we seen her. She's been put technically. She gets pressure on, but she hasn't have the time or the minutes to get experience in those roles. So it's tough. Yeah, you're constantly plugging holes with her, and it's not mm -hmm. it's not ideal for either the player or the team itself. I would also like to see more of Jennifer Cujo. I think she's a special player, and I'm not sure exactly what's kept her out of the lineup. If not just not broken, don't fix it, but. She should have got more minutes, and I want to see a lot more of her next season. Me too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what happened because she honestly shined through the Challenge Cup in 2020, and she was also playing really well in 2021. But I don't know where where she fell through that she didn't start getting minutes. So hopefully, we'll see her next season. Yeah, I think it looks. I think it looks promising. When she played, she came on and got her first minutes in a long time at the away game against Kansas City. I think it was. And in the post game, she she was one of the players that was called to sit in the post game, and the look on her face was just so amazing. She was so happy. I don't I know, her. Ruby, if you were on that one, but she was just so happy to have finally gotten back out there. And it was in, an infectious energy. And it really made me remember, like, oh my gosh, I loved watching her in the Challenge Cup. She is so 
special and I definitely want to see more of her. And she was on my protected list. And and honestly, I stand by that because I think she's got a big future. Yeah, I felt my assessment of Scott Parkinson when he came is that he didn't want to fix something that wasn't broken and he really didn't want to disrupt what the team momentum was. So I think that he basically kept going with what Freya was doing in the beginning of it, at least. Mm -hmm. So hopefully one of us will get a chance to ask him those questions uh, and get an answer to that soon. So anything else on your wish list before we go over to some league things we want to talk about? Oh, I got some league wish lists. That's for sure. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's move over to the league. What do you got, Jenna? Yeah. I mean, protect the players, period. Yes. Um, That's it period. You know, I, I tweeted out earlier today or yesterday, depending on when this comes out, that about after San Diego announced their expansion team name and all that, that I'm really happy to see all these new markets get teams. But I really sometimes worry about expansion for the sake of expansion. And I really want the league to focus their time and their money and their efforts at finalizing the collective bargaining agreement with the players association, ensuring all those demands are met and making sure that these teams are not just, you know, growing and adding new teams, but they're safe places for these players and that they have sustainable living wages period. Yeah. Um, And the broad, the broadcast quality needs to be better. But, you know, let's let's deal with the first one first. <laughs> yeah, that one should totally be first priority. Protect the players. I totally agree with everything you said. And I wish for more transparency in the league. I think the fans deserve it. The NWSL has had fans that have been loyal since, like, the league started. And uh, that's the least they can do, be just transparent with with the fans. Another wish that I have would be stop giving free passes to coaches and staff that abuse players or and enablers of these people. That That's another wish for me in the league. Everything that happened this year, it's definitely tragic, but it has opened so many eyes. And this is the time to transform and change, change the league for the better, pro- protect the players again. I want games to be more accessible to people. Sometimes it's paramount sometimes on twitch sometimes twitch doesn't work and yeah that's another wish don't know how long the tv deal is with paramount but (laughs) yes they definitely need a better tv deal and they can (laughs) one place you know it's going to be on yeah covering it make it accessible to as many people as possible and you know it is only what's paramount like five six bucks it's like a cup of coffee a month i understand that money's tight for a lot of people but five six bucks to watch hundreds of nwsl games oh yeah, I got I got one good for everyone that has T-Mobile. Oh yeah, I was gonna say T-Mobile, this. <laughs> T-Mobile is giving a free year of Paramount. So every, anyone that has T-Mobile, just go on Google T-Mobile Paramount, click on the first link, and you'll be able to get one year for free. So that's awesome for everyone that loves NWSL. Yeah, I'll tweet out that link so that way you yeah. can go to my Twitter at Jenna Tonelli and I'll have that there because I have T-Mobile and I am doing that. So <laughs> Same here. And I will be doing that right after we're done with this. There you go. You can have your cup of coffee, actually, and, and still watch the NWSL for free. <laughs> I think they just got the, the English Women's League as well. They did. Yeah. Honestly, CBS is collecting yeah. all the leagues. And so when you're paying that, you know, $6 a month or whatever it is, and it's well worth it. I mean, you get 
men's soccer, women's soccer, Champions League, NWSL, mm-hmm. plus all like the nostalgic Nickelodeon TV shows are on there too. <laughs> so I was watching Double Dare or whatever it was on there like the other day just because I wanted something on in the background. So I found it worth the investment. <laughs> I want to circle back a little bit on the expansion talk. So when it comes to expansion, as an MLS fan, soccer is a growing sport in the United States and it's and a lot of these teams do not make money. So as a whole, the league, I think even the MLS is still not making money at this point. They use the expansion teams as a buy-in to keep the league afloat. So if you wanted to bring a team into Major League Soccer, you have to pay like a 200 million, it's probably higher than that now, entrance fee. So I'm sure the NWSL is probably doing that as well. They're probably getting some kind of entrance fee into to get teams into the league. So they're kind of using that to prop up the league and keep it sustainable. I do understand why they're doing it. But yes, I agree with you that they shouldn't do it just to do it. But it's also going to keep the league hopefully sustainable. That's an interesting point. And I would be, I would definitely be interested to know the mechanics of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, this could be a transparency issue, like Ruby was saying, or it could be me just not understanding it or knowing it. So I'm definitely going to look into that a little bit because that's a great point. I wonder what, what that is, but I think either way, and you know, I'm definitely one of those people who, you know, if you can do both, let's do both. Let's expand the league, but also at the same time, focus the resources where they're needed. And if we can, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time, I am all there for it. Speaking of ownership of teams, I want the league to force Steve Baldwin to sell to Michelle Kang. Okay. Get it done. Yeah. It's ridiculous that it's gone this long. She offered seven or eight times what the team is actually worth to buy it. And they're still refusing to sell it to her. It's insane. Just make it happen. And as Sky Blue fans and as Gotham fan now, I definitely know, and I'm sure we all know, what it's like to have an owner that's absent. And when things were going not well at Gotham and Sky Blue, they approached Murphy and he basically said, hey, I'm just the money guy. What do you want from me? So we cannot have ownership like that. And the ownership that they're looking to sell to now is some kind of LA conglomerate where they just buy teams or whatever. So it's not good enough. This team needs ownership that's invested in their teams and it needs to happen now and it's it's ridiculous it's gone on this long and if the NWSL does not force them to sell it to Michelle it's a another black eye on this league you know what at that point if she doesn't get a chance to buy Spirit she can probably buy Gotham for half that (laughs) (laughs) or she could you know Venmo us a few bucks that'd be great uh, but yeah. no, I, you're so right. Active ownership means everything. And just like you said, it was the necessary piece that that was the catalyst of turning Sky Blue around. Well, the difference in the new beginning to have Tammy Murphy really start to get involved, make those personnel decisions and, you know, see where the money was going to. And the spirit deserved that. I mean, look how well this team has played with all the crap they've had to deal with. I mean, they had to forfeit two games because of, you know, COVID breach and they still are now in the semifinals of the playoffs. It's honestly inspiring. So so they deserve it. And hashtag sell the team, Steve. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah, to be fair, Tammy Murphy has done an amazing job here at Gotham. Everything she's done so far has been fantastic. Even however Elise ended, Elise was amazing before, she, before her term ended, as far as the fan is concerned, at least. But everything she's done so far has been good. And this team is a complete 180. And we're super happy. Tammy Murphy's job she's done so far. Absolutely. Just got to give a woman control, you know. This is what happens. (laughs) This is true. 
I mean, you know, I, I think about, you know, sky blue slash slash Gotham. And I think about where they were in 2018. They came in last place. 2019, they came in second to last place. And now they made the playoffs. They were in the finals of the Challenge Cup. It's incredible to see that turnaround. And having active ownership was a big part of that. And we deserve to be in both those games. I wonder how much Gotham is worth. Maybe I can be an owner one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, let's, we'll have to keep uh, smoothing with Shep Messing. There you go. <laughs> one of the things I want to see continue for next season is the Challenge Cup. I love it. I think it's so much fun. I want more tournaments. I want more Liga MX teams coming up. There was an interesting article on The Athletic done by Meg when they talked about the timing of the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. I guess because it interferes with players being away for tournaments like the Olympics and stuff like that. So they're trying to ask, I think it was Daly and Morgan were asking if they can move it to mid-season, which is weird, but if it works out for the players, so be it. Yeah, I I really like that. And and it was the article was a companion piece to the full-time podcast that Meg Linehan has. And it was Alex Morgan, Rachel Daly, and Lynn Williams. And it was Mm -hmm. really interesting to hear their perspectives on the schedule because the NWSL schedule is just total opposite from the rest of the world. And it makes huge issues for these players during these FIFA breaks and these international breaks because it ends up that we lose so many of our national uh, international players from not just the U.S. national team, but all of the teams, England, Brazil, uh, New Zealand, and, and we have players from all over the world here. So I really like the idea of putting the Challenge Cup in those breaks so that it still allows the NWSL players to keep getting playing time and gives us another tournament to watch. And it doesn't make it so that when the international players leave, that certain teams get topped off at the knee because they've lost some of their best players. So I thought that idea was really great. The podcast, they talk about other ideas and how to you know shape the schedule. And something that made me laugh was Lynn Williams really wants the schedule to match the European schedules. Okay, I have been to Red Bull Arena in March for the Steve Leafs Cup, and I froze my ass off, and I refuse to go to games at Red Bull Arena in March. Sorry. No, that's not happening. I totally agree that I used to live in Florida. I'm still kind of a Florida girl because I get cold. I'm suffering right now. It's 50 degrees, and where's the sun? <laughs> yeah, I think for the teams in the north are going to be affected by that schedule because when it's cold, it's cold. If you want people to show up, that won't, that wouldn't be ideal. Yeah, and like let alone New Jersey. I mean, think about Chicago. That place gets freezing in the winter. So I just I don't know if that would work out for us, but I think yeah. that they talked about some really interesting ways to adjust the schedule and I hope the league listens. I don't want to talk about Chicago though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my bad, my bad. All right, so any other, any other things on our wish list for the league? Oh, I, no, that, that oh. covers it for, surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, that was pretty concise. <laughs> we're just going to ask the league to be generous to us and not take all of our players during the expansion draft. That's all we're going to ask for. Yes, and, and drop the schedule with some time to spare. I mean, they drop it like the day before the games start and I mean I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit but like am I um <laughs> you know I, having that schedule and just not just for the fans but for the players so they know what to expect and they talked about this on Meg's podcast it seems every year it's just oh now we're gonna do it again um but if they had some more one year two year three years out foresight and could do the schedules in a little bit in advance I mean again I don't know the mechanics of it but having them 
dropped earlier, I think would be a big service to fans and players. One more thing before we close. You guys have any random thoughts before I close this thing up? So last episode, I mentioned that I went to TJ Maxx to get some dog leashes and I didn't come out with dog (laughs) leashes. (laughs) But let me update you on that. This time... I got harnesses and no leashes yet. So maybe next week I'll get around to leashes. So funny. Ruby, send me your Amazon wish list. I'm just going to send it to you at this point. <laughs> oh my God. My poor dogs. <laughs> I have one thing to talk about. On our anchor page, I found out that listeners can leave us voice messages and they can be a minute or less. What I'm thinking about is for next episode is to do an episode where we just thank the team for everything that they do and the players so if you hear this go to our anchor page you got to sign up for a free account whatever but leave us a voice message tell us say thank you to the team thank you to a player that you like anything that you want to say to the team about this season put it down there and i'll just try to put it together put an episode of just your listeners voices which would be amazing yeah then next season once we put that together you guys can call in and just yell at us all the time which is great. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I hope people really do that because one thing that I love about covering the league, my absolute favorite part is interacting with everybody. And you know, like Twitter is kind of like our main way to do that. But I have met so many awesome people from all over the country, all over the world. And we all share this common interest of, you know, women's soccer and the NWSL. And that's the best part. It really, really is. And also, you know, I just wanted to add, I'm so optimistic for the future of Gotham. I really look forward to what's going on in the off season, what happens next season. And I think this team has the pieces in place and I'm really, really, really excited. So I'd love to hear what the fans of of the pod think too. Yeah, definitely. We love to hear from you guys. I don't know if you mentioned it, but try to record it in a quiet place. It is true. So if you you do call in and just leave a voice message or whatever you call from, I'm old, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's not talk about the average age of this podcast. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. So now, are we going to bring young podcasters now? Yeah, I think we we need to lower the age here. Uh, That means I'm out. When you do leave a voice message for us, do so in a quiet space, in a closet, not much background noise, because, yeah, we did pick up the TV speaking in the background. Best you can. One more thing. Stat of the season. Gotham fans are number one. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Cloud9, you're amazing. Every week you guys bring it and your TIFOs are just incredible. Can't wait to get more of you on this podcast and talk more and give you guys more of a voice. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for listening again. We're going to keep going. We're not done with this. We're going to keep doing some social media stuff. We're going to keep putting out episodes during the off season. We're going to cover all the news, the expansion draft, all that stuff. So keep listening. We'll still be Can't here. Can't get rid of us. <laughs> and Jenna, we're going to do more like this next season. You're going to come on yeah. a little bit more. Um, yeah, my pleasure. I love talking to you both, whether we're recording or not. So hit me up anytime. <laughs> Everybody, be kind to each other. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Soccer Over Gotham. Soccer Over Gotham.